Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. You talking to me? And today we're joined by our friend, John. Hello, I'm John. Today we're talking about The Irishman and crime movies. So spoiler alert for The Irishman. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. John, we're very excited to have you here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, So, John, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, yourself, how you came to find yourself on this third-rate podcast? Uh, Well, I was walking down the street, and I was picking locks, and I (laughs) stumbled upon your door. I picked the lock, and now I'm here. Wait, so you just coincidentally picked my lock? I thought you were, like, coming to visit me. No, well, I didn't know where you lived. So, yeah, it was random. <laughs> the other houses were very rude about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hurt, but but okay. Whatever, John. Yeah, I'll text you next time. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I've known uh, Joe and Alex in college, and we were good buddies. And so they asked me if I wanted to come by and talk about crime in The Irishman. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm and- famous now? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think my mom knows who you are now, and Joe's dad knows who you are now. I'm speaking to two countries of listeners. Yeah, or two listeners. Well, two listeners, but in two countries. <laughs> two different countries. Because some we get a bunch of flags on our SoundCloud. That's like someone in Sweden really likes your guys' podcast. So this is what fame feels like. Yeah, don't let it go to your head. But uh, we we did I let did. it go to our head, and. We're worse for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see the heroin all over this place. <laughs> I can get a seat at any movie I buy a ticket to anytime I want. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I uh, I bought this bucket that can get refills of popcorn for $5. So every time I go to a Phoenix theater, I can uh, refill the bucket that's like huge for $5. You just have to go to Phoenix? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, did they? And, oh man, they tricked me. <laughs> that does sound like a. I, I would probably participate in that, in that deal. I did participate yeah. in that deal. Yeah. So this is called the T- Two Bald Men podcast. It's two bald men and friend. And so friend. you're the friend. That's who you are. <laughs> now I was thinking it's just because you guys were bald, but I'm looking around. I'm seeing all these swastikas. Yeah. And it seems a little different now. Yeah, our original color scheme was like red, <laughs> red, red, white, and black. And black. <laughs> um, but our artistic director said purple is more eye-catching. Right, yeah. right. I like the t- t- tiki torches. Yeah. Nice touch. We, uh, That's actually a coincidence. <laughs> we just loved uh, yeah. tiki, and then when we saw its many uses. We were there when they were there, though. Like, we had to fight over one, and someone was like, you know what, you can have the last one, okay? I'll just come back tomorrow. And we were like, what a, bu- what a bunch of nice people. Like, <laughs> absolutely salt of the earth. And then that car accident happened. Yeah. And then the other side had to <laughs> ruin it. <laughs> there were good people on both sides. <laughs> Said <Yeah>. our president. <laughs> our president. Yeah. John, why are you kneeling? Uh, oh, I'll just, I, I'll just, I've been playing the national anthem slowly. <laughs> I'll just uh, oh. turn it off completely. And I was waiting for you guys to zipper up your pants. <laughs> That's why I'm kneeling. <laughs> I'm feeling less and less comfortable with this bit. <laughs> okay, so I'm supposed to talk about myself? Yeah, here? I'm uncomfortable too. <laughs> Good cover. Yeah, 
I think I think we convinced them. Yeah. I'll edit this part out. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I am ready to talk about The Irishman, a three and a half hour movie. Absolute delight. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Three stars. That string of words was not leading me to believe a three star, but um, yeah, uh, the Irishman, three and a half hour movie. I did have fun watching it, but I'm gonna say two stars because, like, they'd start like when they started the Jimmy Hoffa stuff. I was thinking back to the De Niro driving a truck stuff, and I was like, that feels like I watched a different episode of a series, like, weeks ago. <laughs> like, it feels like I watched that so long ago. Yeah, it took its time. Uh, I loved it. I mean, I can't make one, so I'll That's give it a, a yeah. five. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I, I like Scorsese. Uh, I like crime films. It was long. Like, it's hard to watch it again. Like, I watched it once. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch mm-hmm. it again. Um, I watched The Godfather multiple times, and that was a big three-hour one. I don't know if I'm going to watch The Irishman again, um, but I might. The uh, <laughs> the CGI young Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci kind of, it's it sticks in your head. <laughs> Did it work? I, I can't. It was jarring at first. Um, but eventually, like, my eyes got acclimated. Yeah, okay. I'll say that we've come a long way since Chris Evans in The Little Body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've definitely been making progress. I, mm-hmm. I can agree to that. Um, I actually watched The Irishman in parts because I kept getting bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also knew that that probably took away from the experience. <laughs> Uh, as a critic, I'm going to give it three stars again. Yeah. Uh, for my critic review, I'm actually going to bump it up to three stars because I don't think the length should like necessarily play against it. We'll talk more about how that affects my personal enjoyment of the movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, like John put, I, I can't make one. <laughs> um, and so I think there is a lot of really great stuff in here. Um, and objectively, the fact that it's three and a half hours long doesn't, like, ruin that, so I'll bump it up. Yeah, it, the length just affects rewatchability. Mm-hmm. But if you have a day, I mean, I had a day, had a six-pack. <laughs> then I guess, since I'm a critic, I will have to go, I'll bring it down to four, I guess. I don't know, I the things that, I guess, bugged me were, like I said, the CGI was uh, a bit jarring, but I understand that. Also, you could see other things that that showed De Niro's real age and like when he, mm-hmm. he tried to like beat the shit out of that guy for like screwing over Peggy or whatever. You you could see that he wasn't he was holding back as much physical stuff as he could do. He's kind of yeah. like taking his head a little. Yeah, like it it looked very fake, which I understand it is, but like De Niro just kind of like lumbering over as an old man, but he's supposed to be like I don't know early forties. Like, they could have got a stunt guy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were some logistical limitations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely neat, but uh, I felt like the de aging thing was pretty unnecessary. Do you think guys like it should have been Best Picture Nod? Or like, like in with <clears throat> those other ones? I'm going to say Oscars? no, but not as a standalone movie, as a movie within the context of its genre. 
I didn't feel it did anything that new. Their technological advancements made the storytelling, I guess, more seamless, but it didn't, I didn't come out of that movie being like, whoa, like this revolutionized mob movies. Right. I'll definitely say everyone that got a, um, like, acting nomination deserved it. As for the movie itself, I agree with Alex that it's, like, not necessarily anything new, but I also don't know what I'd replace it with. Probably Us. Yeah. I'm, will, I'm willing to say if Us were nominated for Best Picture, which we could debate whether or not that should be. Um, <laughs> but I liked it. <laughs> What uh what 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 do you feel, John, about? Uh, I think, I think it, it earns its place there. Mm-hmm. And Marty Scorsese is probably probably my favorite mm-hmm. director. I mean, he could do no wrong. Was he nominated for best director? I don't know. I didn't watch the Oscars. Okay. I just asked the question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll definitely say that there was a lot going for the movie, um, but I think again this applies to all of these types of movies. I felt the the tension building was good, um, despite what I argue the pacing wasn't that great. There was a lot to those experiences between two or three people where you're not sure if they're going to die or not. There's like this really good scene of one of the mobster's wives, I forget who, maybe Hoffa's wife, um, sitting in the car, putting the key in the ignition, and then stopping, mm. and being like, "Okay, there, I might blow up." Right. Mm. And then she's just like, "Well, fuck it, you know. Like, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die." Oh, I didn't die. She just went to the store. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those insights could have occurred more throughout. The whole movie is from the perspective of De Niro's character, and you can sort of tell he ignored the women in his life. And then, like, periodically, they will talk to him and mention, like, hey, you made our lives sucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think just like that car scene, which obviously De Niro couldn't have known about, that was just, like, added into the story for us, there could have been more of that with, like, the women in his life dealing with the consequences of his actions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what uh, Breaking Bad did very well. Shit, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Can I come on again and do we do Breaking Bad? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. watch all five seasons again. I, I already did. I, it was crazy. I watched, uh, like, out of the blue. I'm like, I'm just going to watch the show again. And then I heard, like, the El Camino was coming out. Like, mm-hmm. it was at that time. And I was like, no shit, uh, this is perfect. I just <laughs> I just watched this show again. Uh, Do you watch Better Call Saul? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I just started the new season that's on Netflix, yeah. so I'm still a season behind, but I'm excited to watch it. Better Call Saul, I think, does a better job than Breaking Bad of instilling that comedic relief and then adding to the tension of like the consequences of, of mm-hmm. the actions. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Right, right, right. <laughs> when we talk about crime later, that's when we're talking about Breaking Bad, baby. Yeah. I feel like this movie could have just been the Jimmy Hoffa stuff. I understand it's based on a, a book called I Hear You Paint Houses, which I think was going to be the title of this movie originally, because 
that's like in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that seems weird to still have that. So it's like at the last minute after everything was already edited, they decided to change it to the Irishman. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so I understand it's on a book and probably the context of how this guy was in a position to know Jimmy Hoffa and work with Jimmy Hoffa is important, and I'm glad it was there. But if it wasn't there, I I could deal with just like, you know, I was a mobster, and Jimmy Hoffa was involved with mobsters, and that's why I know him. Yeah, you, yeah. you would have sped up that process. Yeah. Does Hoffa come in, like, like what, an hour in? At least. Something I'd, like that. I'd say probably an hour and a half. I find it interesting, and this is something that I liked about it, was seeing... Peggy, um, De Niro's daughter, be afraid of De Niro, be afraid of Joe Pesci, Mm -hmm. but then have a soft spot for Hoffa. And that, like, came down to just the way Hoffa presented himself. But he was just as much a villain as anyone else. Yeah. Uh, So it was definitely interesting to see us, like, sort of experience that sympathy towards Hoffa when we know for like a good 25 minutes that he's going to die and they like build towards it and De Niro being forced to be the one to do it. I thought the Peggy stuff was a really nice touch to the implications of De Niro's actions on his personal life, which is what I wish we had explored more in this movie, his personal life, not just in the last half hour, no one visits him at the nursing home. Yeah. Like, awesome stuff could have been sprinkled throughout. I bet it was just a... It was a sacrifice to the the time, the time length of the movie. Like, if he got into the personal stuff, it'd be like four hours. Yeah. Not if you did the personal stuff and cut out the boring uh, mobster stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know how um, distribution works, and I get, like... You know, Martin Scorsese probably has a free pass to just do whatever he wants, however. But if it was, like, part of the original plan to release this on Netflix, I think it could have been, like, a two- or three-parter. Right. Um, Like, that Tarantino movie, Hateful Eight, Netflix re-released as, like, a four-part miniseries. And so I think it's just the original movie with, like, maybe a couple extra minutes of footage. But it's in, like, four-episode blocks, so it's a little bit more uh, digestible. Rather than just guessing where a good point in the movie is to pause, you can just be like, I'll just watch one episode tonight. That um, seems to be the way things are, are going, evolving, mm-hmm. yeah. the storytelling. Who knows? Netflix has a lot of, like, weird background shit. Like, a lot of investors give Netflix money to make movies, but they do not pay them back. Oh. They Netflix is in super debt right now, <laughs> like trying to pay back the people who give them money to make stuff mm-hmm. because it's not like when they're released into Netflix, they make more money right. because it's still the same users. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that there are still investors being like, dad, whatever, man, I'll just keep throwing you money. And I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know what mm-hmm. Netflix has to change. And I really hope it's not ads, and I really hope it's not upping the price again. Yeah. <laughs> but Netflix, the big game changer that really like got it all started, it's dying. Sell your stocks. And I'm scared. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, don't take my advice for, for any choices you make based on uh, 
<laughs> but just a heads up. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I mean, honestly, once Stranger Things is over, I could probably cancel my Netflix subscription. BoJack's over. You know what you just told Netflix? That they have to make Stranger Things like a nine-season series. So be it. Those or kids, should I say, so be it. Those kids like, are going to be in their thirties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would love Stranger Things, the college years. <laughs> <laughs> Finn Wolfhard's like, dude, this chick brought me to her big party. <laughs> um, go, sorry, I got distracted. I didn't mean to, to go off on this Netflix tangent, but... If not now, when? If not know, like, now, when? Well, every time we review a Netflix series. Oh, no, I think we should talk more about finances. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked seeing the behind-the-scenes uh, gossipy stuff of mobsters, but also like how it affected the government. John, you mentioned something about about this, like the gossipy side. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like in middle school, where it's like, "Hey, tell Susie I think she's yeah. cute." Hey, <laughs> Susie thinks you're cute. Like nobody could talk to each other. Yeah, it's just like tell Hoffa he's an asshole. No, you tell Tony that he's an asshole, and then they, it's like just sit in a room, and then they get him into a room, and the guy's like, "You're late. You're an asshole." And then they fight, and then they leave, and then De Niro has to be the guy who's just like. Like he's torn between, mm-hmm. um, you know, Joe Presci and Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just it. That's what I thought was funny was I didn't realize how gossipy these uh, gangsters are. Yeah. That was a fun exchange where it was like, "Who said that? I don't want to say. Come on, tell me, Tony." Which Tony? They're all named Tony. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely interesting seeing De Niro, like, try to be that middleman and sort of mitigate the situation and, like, be the middleman and um, really calm down the situation by siding with whoever he's talking to. Like, yeah, yeah, he shouldn't have said that to you. And then on the other end be like, I know, right? He's totally like that. Yeah, but, like, uh, you know, let me talk to him. Let me figure it out. And he sort of plays both sides and it's interesting to see like his investment why does it matter that he's irish is that is Jimmy that Hoffa or uh de niro's de character, niro's character? Um, is that just like a cultural thing i didn't you, you can't become a made man mm-hmm. if you're not f- full sicilian blood or full italian blood like he'll never be like a, like a full gangster, I guess you could say. Okay. Did they did they say that, or is that something I should have known coming in? Um, that's just kind of like uh, you know it, yeah. either from other mob movies or yeah, you good, know. Goodfellas. Yeah. Was they they had that? Uh, okay. That's why so, Henry yeah. Hill couldn't be mm-hmm. made. Yeah, there was there was a part where Pesci gives uh, De Niro a ring, and he's like, only mm-hmm. three people have it. And the third person is you, an Irishman. And I had this moment of like, oh, yeah, that's the name of this movie. Oh, wait, why is that important? And then, like, I just lost track of what was going on because I know so little about uh, mm-hmm. mobs. Yeah. Like, yeah, in short, it's just racism. Oh, yeah. got it, got it. Oh, so what did he mean when he said you people? Italians? <laughs> he meant yeah, Italian. He meant Italian. Oh, my God. That, yeah. oh, this is all, you know what? Four stars. <laughs> now, I, now that I know it's about racism, I'm back it's in it. It's all coming together. Um, I'd love to see a world where um, the mob is more inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see Irish people finally get a fair shake, you know? Where the Irish and the Italians can 
throw Molotov cocktails <laughs> through windows together. 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 <laughs> I want to see whole, yeah. Lincoln pinkies. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to see both of them holding the same bottle. Mm. And then, like, one of them light it, and then they throw it in. <laughs> they go to grab it out of the box, and their hands touch. <laughs> oh, after you, good sir. A dead, frozen Irishman and a dead, frozen Italian man in the same meat locker. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want. <laughs> oh, did you guys... It's not important that we spend a lot of time on this, but did you guys understand, like, the scam with the stakes or whatever happened with the stakes like when De Niro showed up with an empty truck oh I think uh, didn't they they like they robbed it I thought was he giving out stakes for free maybe was that I didn't understand I was I thought it was something like he got the premium stakes sold it to the to the mobsters and then he would get cheap stakes and like deliver that instead but, like, one time he didn't replace it with cheap steaks or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Or or he was just robbing, like, extra steaks. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah, some scam. All right. I can, uh, I can accept that it's a scam. <laughs> I don't understand the, the logistics of it, I guess. But that's fine. It didn't really affect the story. I just yeah. felt dumb. Meat fraud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what Ray Romano called it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I di- oh man, guys! I think we're in a a renaissance, like a Ray Romano rebirth, and I'm really about it. He was, I thought Ray Romano was fantastic. Yeah, everybody loves that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, if I were to make this movie better, it would definitely have more family-related stuff. I thought that was the only thing that made it more unique than, like, other mobster movies. Um, And so I want to see more things about Peggy seeing everything that they're doing and making decisions, but, like, only hearing about it in the last 20 minutes of the movie, no good for me. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I would, like, spruce up if I were to make this movie myself, which I never could. I don't have the skills for it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know what I would do. Um, Yeah, I think what you said... Was true. I, it would, because that's always the fascinating thing about, like, a big fascinating thing about these big criminal guys and these organized crime guys is the the shit that they're doing. But also, like, w- I think what's more interesting is uh, what type of person does this thing, how it, their lives led them to do that thing, and how what they're doing is affecting their family. Because it seems like a lot of these guys, uh, they got hang-ups about money and it seems like oh i'm doing this because i need money for my family or whatever um but they can they never really admit that it's about something else or it's just a hang-up about cash i think i can't tell if they're if in the movie the characters are hiding their true intentions or if the director and the screenplay and whatever just never addresses the ulterior motives. Like, I definitely read somewhere that Martin Scorsese, that he writes movies um, by men for men. And I guess in this day and age, isn't there enough of that? <laughs> but I don't know. And. That's, that was the only, like, off-putting part to me. It's like everybody has their demo, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to make a chick flick. I would... That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. 
A Martin Scorsese <laughs> chick flick? There was a um, some show, or it might have been a movie, I forget, but it's called The Kitchen, and it's about, like, basically, like, women mobsters. You could see Martin Scorsese doing, like, a, like a woman mobster thing. And then, cool. hey, maybe someday they'll be just mobsters. You don't have to call them woman mobsters. We'll <laughs> yeah, treat our... criminals <laughs> equally. Finally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about criminals and crime in our second half. Oh, stay tuned. Fellas, are you getting to that age where... You know, you might want to fool around, but physically you just can't anymore. I'm sure you've heard of prescribed medications like Viagra and Cialis. Or even non-prescribed medications like Blue Chew. Well, we have come up with something even faster activating than Blue Chew. Red Gusher. Red Gusher has a liquid center, so it is even faster acting than the chewable Blue Chew. So fast acting that four out of five doctors claim that it's dangerous to use. And because it's so fast acting, it will only only work for two to three minutes. If erections persist for longer than four minutes, please consult a doctor. Red Gusher. Go to your local CVS today. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go out and purchase those goods or services. Yum, yum. So, uh, to warm us up for this next segment where we start talking about uh, our favorite crime movies, TV shows. Um, we wanted to talk about what our favorite crimes are. I feel like I haven't talked a lot about it on the podcast, but my favorite crime is hamburglary. Um, mm. This is what the hamburglar from McDonald's land uh, commits. And uh, I just think it's a fascinating... I thought he commits ham robbery. Well, so if you were if you were to use like the U.S. model penal code, it's it's robbery, so which you can translate it to ham robbery. But I'm starting to wonder maybe their definition of ham burglary is just you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now every time you say penal, do you think penis? Yes. Because every, every time I hear it, I think penis. Every single time. Wow. Um. Yeah. That, no. I, that makes sense. I I love penis. Uh, which brings me to my favorite crime. Uh, I think that my favorite crime that really shouldn't be a crime in this day and age is sex work. Um, one of the reasons it's so, like, unsafe and it's really dangerous for a lot of women and I guess men, too, sometimes, um, is the fact that it's illegal and it really puts women in a very vulnerable situation. Like, if it's a consensual situation, I think sex work should really be in the uppity-up, just like uh, marijuana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an argument for uh marijuana and like some people might even argue other drugs. Um we've brought it up I think in the context of performance enhancing drugs in sports. If you legalize it, then you can regulate it and like make rules and stuff. So a uh, one way to make sex work safer would be to just make it legal and then have actual channels that people can you know, commerce through. And also, uh, the people who have sex for money will get the money instead of going mm-hmm. to some asshole pimp mm-hmm. who gets all the money and buys them jewelry or something. Yeah. So, I'll eliminate that. Um, a lot of times when I'm standing in line 
uh, behind a cop. <laughs> I usually think about taking his gun <laughs> out of his, just to exercise my free will, <laughs> just because I know that I can do that. You know, I actually have a, a similar uh, thought process when I'm peeing into a toilet. I will, sometimes I think to myself, like, I could exercise my free will right now by just pointing out of the toilet. Yeah. I, and I never do, just like I hope you never uh, grab the gun from the police officer. Not but it's like one of those, you know, fun, philo- philosophical, am I really in control of myself Yeah, I, I usually thing. think about it when I'm, like, driving at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning and there's no one on the road. But I'm still stopped at a red light because a red mm-hmm. light is on. <laughs> like, I'm like, I feel like an asshole. I'm like, I could, it's just a light is telling me I yeah. can't. There's no cops. Yeah, this light isn't a cop whose gun I'm going to take no. from them. <laughs> I, w- I could easily, but because of rules and things, I don't do it. Man, like are we, are we like even? <laughs> yeah. Are we the assholes? <laughs> We're just suckers. Sheep, man. <laughs> Hey, I've, I'm always the first to say that I'm a follower. You can't call me a follower because I call myself a follower. And my mom always said, if it hurts you when people say it, you should say it about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. Um, while we're on the sheep discussion, I want to go back to the comment I made before about like how there's arguments for other drugs should, being legalized. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of my classes, some guy brought up the concept of any drug law being unconstitutional because he's basically saying that American adults have... (laughs) Um... (laughs) It's an inside fart. He's saying American adults have a liberty interest in putting whatever they want in their bodies, basically. And so... Like he's like, yeah, like if if I'm a consenting adult and I want to do heroin, like who is the government to tell me otherwise? And I don't think I'd go that far. And there's a lot of other factors at play. But I just thought it was a. But where is the line, Joe? Exactly. The right. second I can't do heroin whenever I want is the second the government can go into my apartment or house and put their soldiers in there to sleep during the war. Yeah, it's like the the poem. First they came for the heroin addicts. Did you just cite the Third Amendment? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they can do that? The one that no one ever knows. I don't know why I knew that one. <laughs> but it's arguably the, arguably the most important. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorite crimes is definitely stealing, um, especially from the rich. There have been a few times where I don't purposefully steal, but then I, like, find out that I stole, and I'm like, yeah, take that, Walmart. Because, <laughs> again, I'm a sucker. I can't steal on purpose. Right. But then when I don't return things that I steal accidentally, yeah. If you get, if you get like, an extra 20 bucks in your change, do you, like, say, oh, you gave me too much money, or do you pocket it? And- oh, I would give that back because that would go right back to that employee. Like, that would get that employee yeah. in trouble. It wouldn't get the company. I know mm-hmm. that their register won't, will come up short, and I still walk away. <laughs> oh, I take well. that 20 bucks. <laughs> All right, man. I'm a criminal. My, uh, my fiance Becca, told me, or we were, we were at, like, we are getting smoothies, and she accidentally didn't pay. And so she, like, got back online. I'm like, walk away. Free smoothie. And she's like, no, I didn't pay for this. And I'm like, you could have. 
you don't know how to play the game, man. I walk away from food places without paying so often because they uh, there was a string where like two or three times in a row people weren't asking me to pay so I didn't and I was like well I must be their millionth customer <laughs> and like this is my reward <laughs> yeah what was, what was the most illegal shit you guys done or do you not want to go on record? <laughs> I don't want to go definitely on when I definitely when I tried to steal the declaration this <laughs> is probably the most illegal <laughs> Um, for me, it would be, um, one time I, I blew up this safe in like someone's house and it went into like a river and then I had like the scuba gear and I like put in the code, but there was a fake, uh, safe on a boat driving away so that the bad guys would follow that one. Um, and, and that, that was me. Oh, you're doing a bit. <laughs> no, I was like following you for a second. <laughs> you son of a. Uh, no, the Italian job is based on on my life. On your life. Or was that Ocean's Eleven, or Twelve? Honestly, that uh, I thought you were doing Fast Five. Then I thought you were doing Pirates of the Caribbean Five. Uh, There's a lot of like safe subterfuge in movies. It's always in the fifth installment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's so it's Ocean's Five is what is Must the, be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's that's when it's five kids right because as they like go backwards because Ocean's Eight was was all women yeah so Ocean Seven must be all um, men finally <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's equality <laughs> and then and then Ocean Six is the teenagers and then mm-hmm. Ocean's Five is the kids. Yeah. I can't wait for Oceans 1 when it's like an embryo. For a real pro-life message, even a even a fetus could rob a bank. <laughs> or casino, excuse me. Get the gang back together. I don't know what the most illegal thing I've ever done is. Uh, I don't want to have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the reason I said that was we were in, when we were going to school together, I remember I forgot what the thing was. I think we're playing like a Would You Rather or a uh, one of those, like it was a card game, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And someone's like, uh, that question came up, what was the most illegal thing you've done? And uh, someone was like, oh, I stole from a store, blah, blah, blah. And then it got to me. <laughs> and I said, um, I drove drunk to my drug dealer's house, broke into his shed and stole his weed. <laughs> And they looked at me like, what? <laughs> so. Well, we're done playing, yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was one time in college we were playing Never Have I Ever. Um, and there was only like three or four of us that were good friends. And then like the rest of the people were just like people in the hallway. It just happened to be a weekend where people were drinking. And we start targeting ourselves. So it became like, yeah, well... Never have I ever had, like, a heart condition that, like, almost killed me when I was born. And they were like, oh, that's specific. And then and then it goes, well, yeah, well, never have I ever got cancer. And then everyone else in the hall was like, yeah, I don't want to play anymore. And they just disperse. Yeah, those were, uh, those were the best when we would do the, uh, like, the game Quiplash had an addition where you can make your own questions. And so we made one just based on our friend group. 
You guys ever go go to like the principal's office for something? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is actually kind of uh, mobster shit. I don't want to brag, but <laughs> um, no. In sixth grade, we would have arm wrestling contests at lunch, and we'd bet each other money. And this one kid bet money and lost, and I was like, "You owe me money now." And then he never paid me back. So like, I would just every couple of days be like. Hey man, like remember those two dollars you bet that you'd beat me in arm wrestling and you didn't? Like, give me my money. And it got to the point to the point where the assistant principal called me to his office and was like, "You know, gambling's illegal." And I was oh like, God. "I sure do, sir." <laughs> <laughs> that fucking piece of yeah. shit kid. <laughs> yeah. What a rat. What a rat. And not even that, but pay, to just not pay two dollars. Pay, pay what you owe, man. But yeah, yeah man, like. like it's two dollars. Yeah, man, we're all we're all good for it. When I was when I was in it. high school, there was uh, the kids were playing dice. Oh yeah. And people were going like hundred dollar hands. Oh shit. Like I, I there's rich kids in my mm-hmm. school, and like it got to the point where dice became uh, illegal. Contraband. Yeah, contraband. Mm, shit. Okay, I I do think gambling is my favorite crime then. Yeah, that's a fun. Uh, gambling yeah, is a, fun as fuck. It is. Like there were, I used to be at um, faculty meetings, mm-hmm. um, and then when we would like break off into the math meetings, I would bet on like what like what was gonna what we were gonna talk about, and like when they pose a question, be like, I bet they're gonna mention this, and like we would bet like dollars back and forth, <laughs> and it was exhilarating. You know, it's the thing that that I just found out about that's like fun to do. You get like Super Smash Bros, like any uh, any version, and you set all the characters to computer, <laughs> and then you bet on that. You just you're watching Super Smash Bros play out, and you you bet. Like that I got d- my money on Pikachu. That does sound fun. Uh, yeah, fun? I'm into that. I'm into that hard. Do you do <laughs> it? Do you do it with stock or with time? Uh, I would do st- I do with the li- the, st- the lives. I think yeah. yeah, I think stock makes more sense, but I mm-hmm. like the idea of time because then you like have to keep track, and you're yeah. like like oh oh no th- th- that's a negative here and blah blah blah. Yeah, you but, got a kid in like a like a see through green visor. Yeah. Like all right, the stats everyone, on Pikachu just jumped. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone has cigarettes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like have, someone's ripping up a ticket. Like ah damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And the bets can be just more specific, like by yeah. by minute two, like I expect my guy to be in the lead, or yeah. but like by minute five, he's gonna lose it all because they're all gonna gang up on him. What's your favorite animal race to bet on? <laughs> um, horses, specifically when the horses are cards on the table, and I move the kings up based on the card that I flip. Have you guys mm. ever played with the horse yeah. race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a deck of cards, mm-hmm. yeah. you get you get the four kings out, and so you start flipping cards. And if it's a club, then the king of clubs moves up, oh. and so on and so forth until like it falls off the table. Oh. And at the beginning of it, you bet on who wins with like a m- amount of seconds that you drink or something like that. So like, all right, I bet that the king of clubs is gonna win, and I bet five seconds. And so you chug for five seconds, and if you're a uh, horse wins, then you get to distribute double that to someone else. Wow, that's a neat game. I like gambling. I think I think <laughs> I'm glad we landed on gambling. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever go to the track or a casino? I've been to casinos. Uh, my brother lives in Las Vegas, so I've been twice because Ooh. I visited my brother twice. 
Um, there was one time I made, oh, I started sweating. I, I had a hundred dollars and this is like the most I'd ever bet in my whole life. A hundred. I'm like, ah, let's just do it. And, uh, a roulette started and I put a hundred dollars on red and one, and I was just like sweating. Like I just made a hundred dollars in, in 10 seconds. <laughs> and then I immediately was like, oh, gambling's not for me. I'm going to, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you gotta run yeah. away. Roulette, don't play roulette. That's like, I think, isn't that the game that has the worst odds in the whole casino? Roulette? No, it's slots. I imagine. Slots? Slots. But I'm sure roulette is next in line. (laughs) There's a casino by my house where I got to read um, a crime that happened there at one of my internships where it's all like electronic tables. And so basically this guy figured out a glitch where he'd be able to get the money from his winnings but then also get his money back that like he put into the machine so he'd basically like double or quadruple his money um and he the way he so he'd like have to somehow freeze the machine and then a manager or someone would have to come over and so he would just tip them like a hundred bucks every time he saw them so they'd like unlock it like as many times as he wanted and I was like, yeah, that's, I thought, that's too much work. Like, I, I thought he, like, hole-punched, like, a little hole in his quarter and then put a string <laughs> around it. And then he would put the quarter in and then pull it out after. Is that? That's similar, yeah. Okay. That's similar to what he did. Did, did you guys ever see that show? Um, I think it was on, like, A&E, a lot, like, a million years ago. It was called, like, Masterminds. It was really, no, it was, like, so. real-life uh, stories of, like, guys who committed these like elaborate heists and schemes and scams and it was just like it was there's one guy who uh he he rigged the the horse races to win in his favor uh there's a guy who like would steal cars and through all types of very intelligent maneuvering was able to sell them again and had a big ring it was really cool I definitely, I can definitely see Mastermind logo. Like I can see, like as if I've seen a trailer for yeah. it, but I, I never watched it. I think I've like seen Mind ne- Freak. Oh, I Is think it that's similar to Mind Freak. Chris, Chris Angel's Chris Mind Angel, Freak. Chris Angel's Mind Freak. I was such an idiot. I used to think he was so real. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, he floated between two buildings. Yeah, it's like, how did no, he do he that? Um, speaking of, of masterminds, just another. This isn't gambling per se, but apparently. Um, people who have like claw machines lose the most to their employees because claw machines basically have like uh, a certain number of times they have to lose before they'll actually like have the strength to pick up a toy and like bring it back. And so if you're like a teenager working at a movie theater, you can just watch and count and figure out like how many times you have to play until you'll actually win it. Really? Yeah, because like if you're just sitting at like selling tickets all day, like you're just you can just stare at it and like basically figure out how to how to win it. I did read an article about the claw machine where like it and it had pictures of the manual of the claw machine and it was like settings and it could be like win every time, mm-hmm. like win sometimes, and then like there's also a setting for never win. Mm-hmm. And it's like part of the manual of the claw machine. Yeah. I'm like, what the? F- are you what? <laughs> what sick fuck would pick never? Yeah. Like, I, sometimes I get it. Yeah, but, but the never win. Never claw win. 
the, well, the sick fuck is probably putting his claw machine in like a very touristy spot mm. where like you don't get the same customer twice. Right. You buy one load of stuffed animals and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Now that's that's a real criminal. Yeah. Yeah, that's my it's a claw favorite machine crime. operator. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my least favorite crime. Let's talk about our least favorite crimes. Um, I would say my least favorite crime is uh, police brutality um, and the D.A.R.E. program. Right. <laughs> is the, was the D.A.R.E. program criminal? No, but it, it definitely it was criminal in the sense of it was created by police, like by a mandate to the police, like you have to start a program, but they didn't ask for any help or get any professionals involved in the process of making it. So there's a whole generation of people who experience the D.A.R.E. program, and it's not backed by any sort of data. Um, and it's actually proven to have not worked through statistics of if you tell a kid, don't do drugs because people who do drugs are bad. Don't do drugs because you'll die. Like those are the the punchlines or the yeah. taglines of um, of the Dare program. The second a kid finds a single exception, everything else you tell that kid is out the window. So the second you find out, wait, my cousin, I just found out like he does marijuana, but I know him as a person and he's not a bad person. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. everything's out the window. Oh, I know this guy who has done this drug and he's not dead. Everything out the window. So it's a it's a horrible program um, and really just promotes this mentality of people who are addicted to drugs and like lose a lot of their livelihood because of it, deserve it because they're the ones who tried drugs in the first place. So in that sense, it's criminal. That's my least favorite crime. All right. Mine's loitering. Actually, least favorite crime. <laughs> I mean, I, I or uh, yeah, it just seems stupid. If you're out in public, well, I guess you know you could ask someone to leave. Loitering's kind of stupid. If you're out in public, you should be able to stand around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loitering is definitely one of those crimes where like you just get to profile people. Yeah, like, it's also oh. a crime against homeless people and mm-hmm. people who don't have anywhere to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to top uh, police brutality and loitering, but I'm... Genocide. Uh, genocide. Um, I don't like the crackdown on fare evasion in the subway recently. I think it's bullshit. It's, again, sort of just a crime against poverty. poverty. Um, first off, I think the subway's already overpriced. It's under $3. Um, but, you know, not even... You know, there are going to be people uh, who can't afford the swipe in and still have places to get. But then other times you're going to get people who have the means to swipe and the thing malfunctions or the ticket machine's broken and they can't refill their Metro card. And now all of a sudden, like, that's an issue, too. So it's just there's no there's really no one benefiting from the fare evasion thing other than the MTA which I don't think they deserve any sort of <laughs> ease. Yeah, and um, I definitely read um, there's like there's been incidents of 
the the Metro Card uh, machine money refiller mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. was broken down, and like cops waited around a corner for people to like try to use it, it not work, try multiple times to pay, it not work, and then decide to hop, and then they get arrested. Yeah, like is who who are you protecting in that situation? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times it says, like, uh, either no cash or no card accepted. So then Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah. And, uh, again, it's just in practice seems to be providing another opportunity to profile. So, yeah. Well, that was a great warm-up segment. Um, (laughs) And so as far as crime shows and movies, you know, they're all all right. Yeah. That's what I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the an overwhelming review of Irishman. I only watched it recently for the podcast. I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I was hearing a lot of people talk about it, and almost everyone basically came down to, yeah, if Goodfellas didn't exist, I would have really liked it. But since Goodfellas exists, like it's the better movie. Like it's, it just came out first, and Goodfellas is the the best uh, mob movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. One of the best crime movies. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about being the first to do something. Mm -hmm. And Martin Scorsese made both of those. Yes. So congratulations, uh, Martin Scorsese. Maybe maybe, uh, at some point you'll be able to make a a third movie, right? That's only his second movie. Yeah. And so maybe one day... Famously only made Goodfellas before. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, maybe, maybe you'll get a third in there someday. Yeah, who knows? Maybe you could be somebody. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about Netflix's reality show, The Circle. If you liked us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore bald men and find us on Facebook and look us up at 2baldmenpodcast.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you all again, and if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.